I'm Jake Rummel. I'm a radio producer here in Seattle, Washington. I had this idea for a project where I would help couples document the story of their relationship. I imagined it being usually right before they got married, but maybe not always. And this is what you're about to hear is my first attempt at that. So I talked to Megan Brown and David Ward. In full disclosure, Megan and David are very close friends of mine. David and I were actually roommates when he first started dating Megan. But even given my proximity to the relationship, I still learned a ton by asking them to tell these stories, and I hope you do too. Also, uh, you won't be hearing a whole lot from me after this point in this thing. <laughs> I don't know what to call it still. Um, so I just want to take this moment to say thank you so much for listening. I'm Megan Brown. I'm originally from Montreal, Canada. I've been living in Seattle for the last six or so years now. Uh, I have a really adorable, very fluffy and very large cat called Apollo. I'm David Ward. I am a Seattle native. I work in bioengineering. I will be a student soon. <laughs> Again. Again. And I'm getting married. July 30th, 2022. David and I first met in the summer of 2018. Me and Megan met on Tinder. You know, scrolling through photos. Swiped right. I actually saw him on Tinder in like February and did not swipe right but I like I remember like pausing over it like I remember looking at him I think I was just like at a point that I was like not ready to be like in a relationship and was more just using tinder as like a mindless thing to do while I watch Netflix <laughs> and but I like I distinctly remember like pausing on him and being like oh man like he's really handsome he has this picture and I had this picture on his tinder profile of his arms crossed and a black t-shirt and his biceps just look so good and so I was like I distinctly remember seeing that picture and like reading his profile and I thought it was really clever and I was like oh I don't know like I don't think I actually like actually want to go on a date right now so I swiped left and but I remember thinking at the time like it'd be really funny if like we ended up together <laughs> like I don't know where that thought came from but I have this like very distinct memory of thinking that when I swiped left on him but I was like okay well like I'm never gonna he's never gonna come up again so it's whatever and then like months later I think I hadn't even really been on Tinder in that time between. And then he popped up again and I remembered swiping left on him. And I was like, oh, you know, like this time, <laughs> let's swipe right. Yeah, I don't think we have any more access to the messages on Tinder from when we were first interacting. Like we both deleted the accounts and can't get them back. But it would be funny to see. I'm actually still kind of mad at David over this. He deleted his Tinder account. After we'd been dating for a few months or maybe even over a year, I don't know, like we were definitely serious about this point. And we we're like, oh, like, let's uh, let's like go back and reread our first messages and see how like awkward we were when we first were starting to chat. And uh, and he didn't hit the deactivate button. He'd hit the delete button. So we lost everything. I think it was really formal at first. Like I'm a super closed book on initial meet. And for years afterward. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember like what. <laughs> I just remember it being good. Like I remember it being very secure and like he would always like check in on how I was doing. And we just kind of like chat about our days and 
there was like a connectedness really early on. I think even in those text exchanges that, um, yeah, it just felt very calming. Our first date was kind of a mess in that it nearly didn't happen multiple times. We kept having to delay our first date because first, I think I got invited last minute to a wedding up in Victoria. So then I went up to the wedding and had to move our date. And then when I got back from the wedding, he was sick. So we had to move the date again. And I was like, okay, like this is obviously just not going to happen. Like everybody has those experiences on dating apps where it's just like, okay, like maybe there's a vibe here, but it's just, we're not, (laughs) we're never going to actually meet each other. I was sick basically during that like week of planning it, but decided to muster up and go to a bar together. We went to Rob Roy in Belltown, and I remember pulling up. I think I walked. I can't remember if I walked or took an Uber because I was living in Belltown at the time. But I remember walking up and seeing him just like casually leaning against the wall outside, like playing on his phone. And he was super well dressed. And I was like, oh man, like he's way more put together and attractive than I am. <laughs> it was just really casual drinks, hangout talk. We talked about what we did and basics of who we were and what we like, why we matched. I was still probably so sick that I cannot recollect much of it. (laughs) I don't know. It was very, it was very nice. Like it was, he's very hard to read when you don't know him. So I definitely left that first date being like, I enjoyed myself, but I have no idea how well that went. I remember knowing I wanted to follow up, go on another date when I felt better. (laughs) She was just like funny, nice, affable, all the things that I was really looking for. And then it was actually so lovely though. I think one of my favorite things from when we were first dating is I was walking back from the first date. Like I hadn't even gotten, it was like maybe a 15 minute walk from Rob Roy to my place in Belltown. And like five minutes in, I'd been like texting my friends being like, I think that went well, but I don't really know. And uh, and then I got a text from him being like, oh, I had such a great time. Like, would love to see you again. And I was like, okay, cool. Like there's no like weird game here. There's no like, I must wait three days to like talk to her again or like play hard to get or anything. It was just like, no, like I really had a good time. Like that was fun. Let's do it again sometime. And I don't like the rest was I guess kind of history. I thought that was just lovely and like genuine. And even though he was sick. <laughs> it just seemed like a really good fit. Hi, you've reached the voicemail box created by me, Jacob Rummel, on behalf of David Ward and Megan Brown. Please feel free to leave them a message. You wouldn't mind being used in a podcast-style audio program. You could leave them a piece of advice, a nice memory, or even just a congratulatory message. Thanks so much. It is with great pleasure and my unholy honor that I congratulate you both on making it to this point, a point that is as beautiful as it comes. Megan, meeting you for the first time at Capitol Hill Canadian Virgin Karaoke, becoming acquainted with the... American boyfriends, guy friends can be an intimidating scenario, let alone most of us all in one small room with a thousand song binder to choose from. Once you survive that moment, I knew it was clear you could put up with us. David, I'm getting right into this. Meeting you for the first time was definitely a shy off in elementary school. I played wall ball out at recess and you beat me. From then on, 
our friendship started to grow with each water slide and rocket we did playing wall ball. I greatly cherish our friendship from the core of my soul. I look forward to many more 1985 high fives with you. It truly baffles me how a beautiful, witty, and caring woman from Canada came into your life from swiping right on an app, carving your own path together. Peach County will welcome you two newlyweds with open and lush branches. I love to see two people who deserve happiness so much find it with each other. Congratulations, Megan and Tatum. Hey, best friend. So when I first met you in Spanish class in grade eight and we became instant friends, I don't know what I'm going to say. Can I delete this? Is this deletable? Can I restart? Okay, scratch the rest. Restart. Megan, David, I'm really happy for you guys. Um, David, you seem like a really great guy, and I'm glad that we've gotten some time to get to know each other more recently. And I hope that we only spend even more time together in the future because guess what? You're marrying my best friend, so that means that you are my best friend too now. There's no arguments. So deal with it. Megan, I don't know what to say to you. I talk to you every day. There's nothing else to say. I love you. I'm happy for you. Things are going to be awesome. Your best years are ahead of you. That's it. That's all. Okay. Bye, love. She'll probably mention this, and it'll probably be mentioned at our wedding, but I'll say it again because it is a good moment that I... I think I knew at least we were setting up to, you know, be married and spend our lives together, that we were a good fit for that. We had booked tickets for the first time to go see her family in Montreal, and we get to the airport where, you know, bags are packed, we're ready to get on the plane. I go to present my passport card. Didn't bring my actual passport book. Turns out you can't use that for air travel. So as we're in line to board the plane, this final check, they say no. Can't get on the plane. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's one of those like biggest gut checks in your life moments. So don't really know what to do. Like just in shock in that moment. And instead of like freaking out and getting mad at each other or her getting mad at me, I'm mad at myself. <laughs> I'm, I wanted to kick some things, but um, you know, I told her if you want to just get on the plane and go, and I'll figure it out, or you know, whatever. We can figure it out, or you can break up with me, whatever. <laughs> she just said, "I'm not going to get on the plane. We're going to work this out together." We're going to make it to Montreal somehow. 
you know, I don't want to go without you. Obviously, she was probably mad at me, but she didn't show it because I think she knew I was beating myself up enough. Yeah, really one of those pivotal moments where it could have ended a relationship or, like, been a cementing point. That's when I definitely knew it could work. Like, I don't know that at the time I was like, oh, we're going to get married, but it was the first moment where I was like, oh, like, this is, this is, like, for real. Um... And I don't know, it's one of my favorite, favorite us memories. Like it was like our, like, again, like our third date or something. But we were at um, some random bar, I think, in Belltown. And I don't even remember how it came up, but it, we were talking about Disney. And I love Disney. And very few people love Disney as much as I do. And very few people have opinions about Disney like I do. And at one point, I asked David what his favorite like Disney music was or like Disney song was or something along those lines and his reply back that I will like always remember was like well full movie soundtrack or individual song (laughs) and I was like who dropped this wonderful man into my life I have often dreamed of a far off place where a great warm welcome and I was like, well, now I want to know both and I want to know why, because apparently you have opinions. I don't remember all of the points that he made because I was just like there lovestruck. My favorite Disney soundtrack is Hercules because every song is uh, unique and magical in its own way. I am on my way. I can go the distance. I don't care how far. Somehow I'll be strong I know every mile Will be worth my while I would go most anywhere To find where I belong It feels like, I don't know, the most well-rounded soundtrack Like, every song meets the like template criteria but they're all just so good they're like elevated versions of each template type of song and then yeah of course Mulan let's get down to business I'll make a man out of you is just the best single song of all the different soundtracks. Somehow I'll make a man out of you. We spent like a whole bunch of time just like talking about Disney music and that was kind of one of the first times where I was like oh like this just feels really natural like we like a lot of the same things we can talk about these kind of fun things um, and it's just really nice to see somebody like naturally have similar interests and in, like I mean, I wouldn't say Disney's niche, but I mean, not everybody is going to be interested in that conversation. First saying I love you was um, maybe like a month or two in. Yeah, we had just gone on enough dates and knew each other well enough and... We knew the love was there, and 
when it would, would be reciprocated. Kind of just a gut feeling of when to say, I love you. But probably what prompted it was earlier, I don't know, a few days or a week or so earlier, I had uh, accidentally slipped an I love you to Apollo, our cat. He told Apollo that he loved him, like, actually really early in our relationship, too. Like, we'd been dating for, I don't know, I mean, not really early, but it was, like, three, four months. And, you know, he he was over regularly. Apollo knew him and, and everything like that. Um, but he would tell Apollo that he loved him, like, every time he came over. Like, he would just be like, oh, hi, Apollo. And, like, as he would leave, he'd be like, bye, Apollo. I love you. And then just, like, give me a peck on the cheek after spending, like, 10 minutes saying bye to my cat. They say I love you to everyone. I love my cats. And Apollo would follow him uh, to the door and watch him walk away, like, every single time. The entire time I lived in that apartment, he would always follow David to the door, like kind of stick his hat out and like <laughs> watch him walk away uh, and would always greet David at the door when he first came. So it was very much a mutual love. So I dropped an I love you to Apollo, not even really thinking about it. And I think as I left, it registered what I did. I had said I love you to the cat before Megan. We were, we were in bed and David was like looking over at me and I was kind of looking over at him and I don't know, we were having this like cute little like intimate moment. And I think, I don't know, like one of, I said something like, I'm so happy or something along those lines. And he was kind of like, and, <laughs> and I was like, what? We were just sitting there together and we were kind of like hovering around it. And I wanted to say I love you. It was like very, very top of my mind right then. It was like in this period where I was like struggling to keep it in. And um, and he just kept prodding me to say it first. Like he and he, I kept prodding him back, but he was like, sh- like refusing to say it first. He kept just like pushing me to do it and playing super, super coy and I think we just did that for kind of a few minutes. And at one point I was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. And then, yeah, I got her to say it. And then I said it back and there we were. I was so happy. I almost cried. And then we just like cuddled and it was super cute. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, anything, anything crazy. But I, it was funny how he was very like very obstinate that he was not going to say it first and very intentional that he wanted me to say it in that moment. Like it was going to happen tonight. And afterwards when we talked about it, he or like even years later, he was like, oh yeah, like if you hadn't eventually said it, I would have, but I wanted you to say it first. And I was like, God damn, you like stressed me out so much. I was so anxious and so nervous about it, but also like so like wanting it to be out there and it was very uh in hindsight it's very it's very funny (laughs) how do do you goad someone into saying it (laughs) it's a good question it's kind of like one of those chicken games where we're like sort of sitting in silence and we knew what was about to be said and it was just who would say it first and I won. (laughs) 
Well, hey, guys. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably married now, so that's cool. Now what, right? Uh, the life of a married couple. I don't even know where to begin. Um, you're moving to Atlanta soon. I'm excited to see you there. Uh, you have once again upstaged me in apartment hunting, so congratulations on that. Um, no, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm very excited for you guys. This is amazing and, um, I've really never seen David happier than he is with Megan. You guys are succeeding in every facet of life and it is so much fun to get to be a part of this. Um, I'm, I'm really happy for you guys and I look forward to what your life looks like together. Love you both. Hi friends, it's me, Seth. Congratulations on finally making it to this magical day. I'm so happy and excited for you both. David, I am so grateful that you came into Megan's life. She really found a good one. You really take the time to listen to her and make every moment special. She couldn't have found someone that compliments her better. Megan, our friendship has truly blossomed since those early high school days. From going over to your house as teenagers to help declutter your room, to me buying a plane ticket to Seattle to do the exact same thing. I guess things really never change. <laughs> Remember to celebrate your love today, tomorrow, and forever. I love you both. Oh, hello there, David and Megan. Congratulations on the wedding. I couldn't be happier for the two of you. I'm sure you must be so excited. I wish I had some sort of advice on marriage, but uh, as you may know, I have never tried the whole marriage thing, so... I'll just leave you with some, some general life advice that I've, I've been trying to implement in my own life, and that's to do what makes you happy. Uh, life's too short, and the universe is too vast, and to live your life not doing what makes you happy. Love you guys. Uh, this was Henry, by the way. We planned a trip out to Deception Pass, and... It was just the most beautiful weekend. We got a really cool Airbnb house overlooking the water. Spent some time cooking and playing games and going on hikes around Deception Pass in the, the national park there. We get there, and in my mind, I was like very much hoping that he would propose this week. And um, we went on a hike like the first day that we were there, and we were walking around like this, this like rock campsite, like cute place overlooking Deception Pass. And David kept like bending down to just like pick up rocks or like tie his shoes or like look at a cool leaf or like a point at a bug or like something. And I was like hyper vigilant every time that he would bend down. I like started having like a minor heart attack, and then he would just be like, "Oh, look at this cool rock," <laughs> and like just get up again. And I was like going out of my mind and. Well, he has, like, no idea that this is going on in my brain. And <laughs> and so, like, after the first day, I was kind of like, okay, like, that was an emotional roller coaster. And go back and whatever, just have fun at the Airbnb. We, like, cooked a bunch of great food. And then I think there was another hike the next day. And I was like, okay, well, like, maybe this day. Like, one of the first few days we were there, went on a little hike around the water. And, yeah, we happened upon an amphitheater out in the just 
in the middle of this little wooded area. And I was like, oh, man, like this would be such a cute place to have like a really casual, like intimate wedding ceremony because it's this like big wooden arch. And behind it, you have like the beautiful water and the islands and and all of that. Um, And then David was really cute and kind of like bumbled like down the aisle because we came up at like the back of this amphitheater. So we like walked down the aisle and like went and stood at the altar and... I have like alarm bells going off in my head and like I walk down. She got to the front and we like held hands. It was kind of a like mimicking a wedding sort of situation. And then he kind of like gives me a kiss and I'm just like, oh my God, like this is like the moment. Like if he doesn't propose now, like it's probably not happening. I had the ring in my pocket and I got scared. I don't know if it was actually awkward or if I was just like so in my head that I was like anxious and like kind of and then like I don't know you just like gave me a kiss and then we just started walking again (laughs) and I was like okay I guess it's not happening like this is fine and I was like maybe a a little disappointed but I was like it's okay like we're gonna get engaged eventually he's just gonna find the right moment. So we walked away (laughs) then spent the rest of the week there. Just, yeah, hung out at our Airbnb on the last day as we were going to head out of town. I just casually mentioned I wanted to go back to the amphitheater, like take some pictures because we didn't get any pictures there and do another little hike around the area. And so we got McDonald's for breakfast and and because there was like picnic tables around this amphitheater, we drove back there and we're like, okay, we'll just you know, sit and eat some breakfast and had our breakfast. And then we're like, let's just like meander around the beach a little bit and kind of see off. And then we ended up back at the amphitheater. And then David did like the same cute little thing where he kind of like ran down the aisle and waited for me. And then like I walked back down. I had the ring in my pocket, was very nervous. (laughs) Uh, We got up on the altar again. And that's when I got down on one knee, did the whole proposal thing he like kissed me again and that was when he got down on one knee looked up at me and said so do you want to keep doing this (laughs) and I was like yeah yeah in hindsight I wish I would have done it that first day it was like such a perfect moment like so kismet but it's a scary thing yeah that was the story of our, our, our proposal and David's do-over. <laughs> Hi, it's me again. Sorry. I know I said I wasn't going to say much. Uh, I just didn't have a good way to transition into this last bit here. Obviously, the proposal was kind of like the final plot point I thought we'd address. There's just one other story that came up during my conversation with David that I wanted people to hear. Fortunately, it also works as a place for us to end. This is David answering a question I asked about his favorite date he's ever been on with Megan. Pretty recently, we went to Peddler Brewing's final, like, closing event, um, St. Patrick's Day party. The night kind of started off chill, just drinking and hanging out with people, like, talking about how we'll miss Peddler. Uh, There was a band playing, like, very Celtic, Irish folk music 
as the night progressed, like it started getting more people listening to the band and dancing and stuff. But there was a lull. I had gone up to the band and asked them to play one of Megan's favorite songs, which is the night Pat Murphy died. And she was like in the bathroom while I did this. So they played a few more songs and then basically like called me out. This, this one's for the guy in the gray shirt. The song starts up. All oh, the night that Patty Murphy died is a night I'll never forget. Megan like is freaking out because she didn't expect it. She stands up next to the table. Everyone else in the whole bar is like sitting and just listening. And she's belting out the lyrics with the band. And they're into it. That's how they show their respect for Patty Murphy. That's how they show their honor and their pride. They said it was a sin and a shame and they winked at one another. And every drink in the place was full the night Pat Murphy died. I stood up with her and we start dancing and everyone's like clapping along for us. And then we make our way up to like the main front stage area in front of the band, doing our jig. Everyone's clapping with us and then like all of a sudden, we're just surrounded by the entire bar, like dancing along with us. That's how they show their respect for Patty Murphy. That's how they show their honor and their pride. They said it was a sin and shame and a wink that one another. And every drink in the place was full the night Pat Murphy died. Bands playing loud and it's just uh, yeah, a really incredible memory where we changed the vibe of the whole whole night just together. And at a quarter after two, we argued it was nine. That's how they show their respect for Patty Murphy. That's how we show our honor and our pride. They said it was a sin and a shame, and they winked at one another. And every drink in the place. I thank you again to David and Megan for letting me tell their story. The music heard in this episode includes some of David and Megan's favorite artists, Jukebox the Ghost, Alan Menken, Danny Osmond, and of course the artist you're hearing right now, Great Big C. Thank you again so much for listening to this. Well, they stopped at her son George Street outside Sundance Saloon. They all went in at half past date and staggered out at noon. They went up to the graveyard so holy and sublime. Found out when they got there, they left the corpse behind. That's how they showed their that's how they show their honor and their pride. They said it was a sin and a shame, and we winked at one another. But every drink in the place was full the night Pat Murphy died. All oh, the night that Patty Murphy died is a night I'll never forget. Some of the boys got loaded drunk and they ain't been sober yet. As long as the bottle was passed around, three men was feeling gay. Oh, Larry came in a bagpipe, some music for the play. That's how they show their respect for Patty Murphy. That's how they show their honor and their pride. They said it was a sin and shame, and they winked at one another. And every drink in the place was full the night Pat Murphy died. Well, every drink in the place was full the night Pat Murphy died.